0: Good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world i hope everything's great with you um so today i'm going to be musing about um and first of all let me apologize i didn't um record yesterday I was sitting a little bit under the weather, although I could have recorded much later in the evening I think I felt better, but I just decided to just leave it off and let it go. so anyway, so here we are um and thank you for joining me so um today i you know I'm still on this my ongoing journey of learning what it is like to really walk with God and you know just to 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 really hold on to him and like I said before, I think right now honestly jesus is my therapist let's just put it this way before i think christianity was something that i did because i felt like i loved god but i still had my life do you understand as in i had my life and i liked my life and god was i liked the fact that jesus was had saved me he was a part of my life but i felt you know there was still a part of me that i kept sort of like away from god and and this, I'm just saying this in reflection. If you ask me, then I would I would say no. But I, I realized that I liked my life as it was. Even though I knew that God was the one that made my life really good. But I liked it. And I didn't, there were certain things I didn't want God to disturb. Then I would sort of like, you know, only talk to him about the things that I felt I wanted him to change. But by and large, I sort of like liked my life. But honestly, I can dis- divide my life into maybe two or three parts now. And I am in a phase where... I can clearly say that a certain phase of my life ended in the year 2019. And a new phase started in 2020. I started having a wilderness experience. I went through stuff that really, really affected me. Honestly, really, really affected me spiritually, physically, emotionally. It was a desert experience. It was a wilderness experience. I realize that now that it was a time of pain and suffering that God used. Or well, let me not say, yes, it's time of pain and suffering that God walked even though he wasn't the originator of it, but he made it. Hmm, it made it, He made it a teachable moment for me. Moment for me. It made, it brought me to a place first of all of humility, of despair and it, of, you know, the kind of cry you cry out to the Lord when you're at your wit's end. It's very difficult to muster up that kind of passion when everything is going well. You must be very, you know, supernatural person to be able to do that. But it brought me to my lowest low. You know, and um, so in the fallout of that, and God has taken me out of that. He's so many things I've learned in the process, brought me closer to Him. But I am not the person I was before. Do you understand? It has the experience has changed me completely. That's um, it's like someone who has gone to war, you know. And I I noticed I've, I've read about that about people who've gone to war that people who knew them before say, oh, the person is changed. Some people, they come back, you know, they go through that process of what you call post-traumatic stress and then they're able to sort of like find a new purpose for their lives and then move on, you know. But but that experience of the world stays with them for good and for bad. So it's a similar thing that I'm, I'm now going through, whereby I can't unsee all what I saw in this last three years. I can't. I mean, I saw i saw how the devil oppresses people i saw i saw things that i can't even talk about on this podcast i entered into a world that very few people see and now that you know i am god has taken me out of that experience i can't you know it's a part of i can't unsee it i can't it's it's i can't pretend like it didn't happen you know what i'm saying so it's it's affected And impacted the way that I look at the world, the way I look at the devil, the way I look at sin, and the way I look at God himself. Do you understand? So for me now, God is not even a plan A or a plan B. He's he's everything. He's the entire plan. You know, I, I don't even want anything that is infinitesimally out of his perimeter. I don't want it because I have seen the danger. In those spaces that are uninhabited by God and by his spirit, I have seen it. By mistake, I I don't know whether it was that I entered in or I opened the door, whatever it was. I I have seen what can happen when the devil is given a foothold in your life for whatever reason. However, it came about, you know, some of these things we may not fully understand. But I've seen when the, I mean, when he, the Bible says when the, I mean, I've seen what, what he, what evil can do in the life, in the heart, in the mind, in the soul of those who are of the defenceless and the most vulnerable people you can imagine. So it's made me, first of all, in my heart, covenanted that I will forever stand against the devil. I will forever, I will be his sworn enemy as long as breath is in me. And even after breath has left me, do you understand? (laughs) In the world to come. I will stand for everything that stands against the devil, against sin, against the righteous, against evil. Let me just put it that way because sin for me is just a byproduct. Sin doesn't stand on its own. Sin has a source, sin has an origin, sin has a catalyst. I've made up my mind that I will... I'll stand for everything that God stands for. I will I will I will gum myself to him. I will cleave to him. Because he's a good God and I want, you know, he where he is. I mean, I saw him do such a great and mighty act of deliverance in my life last year. I witnessed it. I witnessed a supernatural miracle where God came in and removed an affliction and an oppression upon the life of someone very close and dear to me and removed it in a way that only God could have done it. I saw him do it. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. I am so grateful to him for that. And the whole process of how he did it, what happened, and since then, it's made me just love him with a fierce love. It's made me love him. It's made me love the Bible even more because it's the Bible that explains to me, that gives me the backstory of how we got here, where evil came from and how we can defeat evil, how we can overcome evil in Christ and how the word of God is higher and more powerful and is stronger and everything that we may face. It the Bible helps me to build faith in God. It helps me to understand God. It helps me to overcome the devil. It helps me to be able to see the devil, you know, recognize him when he shows up because the devil doesn't show up and announce himself like, "Oh, I am the devil." It's the things that he does, the things that he says. The 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 the, the, the things that he causes in people's life. It's his fingerprints that will make you know that oh, the devil is here or the devil has been here. But he doesn't announce himself. But when you read the Bible, you spend time with God and the Holy Spirit is in you. You will begin to be able to recognize evil, even when you see it in other people. Because you you will recognize that spirit that is anti-everything, that is the God that you have been relating with. The same way when you meet people who are also working with God like you. You recognize in them that same spirit that you have been interacting with. It's just like when you meet, I mean, I remember once I met a lady who was a sister, unknown to me. She'd been in my professional group and she's a sister to a colleague of mine. I had a meeting with her. I'd been talking, chatting with her online so I hadn't spoken with her, but I had a meeting with her one day and she, she spoke and, you know, I saw her face online and afterwards I was like, you know what, you remind me of X, Y, and Z. She was like, what? That's my sister. I couldn't believe it, you know. So, but what that tells you is that You know, the the, the filial familiarity of having grown up in the same house. Even though physically, there's some similarity, but not enough for me to have picked up on it. In fact, it wasn't even the physical resemblance. It was the voice. It was the mannerisms. It was the, the way of speaking, the worldview. Everything that came out in those few minutes that she spoke. It just, phew, my mind just went straight. And that's how exactly it is. So, i am i have come to realize i am on this journey now and it's a very exciting journey for me because it's a a journey of rediscovering god rediscovering jesus rediscovering the blood rediscovering everything that he stands for and aligning myself with it with him and what he stands for and i'm enjoying it because i'm finding that there's a path of peace and i'm now asking myself why was I struggling against God for so long, so many years of my life? Because literally what God does is, he tells you what his agenda is. You know, it's almost like, you you know, he lays his cards on the table. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what following me. And even when he tells you to do to do things, he gives you the ability to do it. He doesn't even want you to do it with your own power. So I think the problem is for a very long time, I've, tried, I've been trying to do too much and not doing enough in terms of allowing God to change it. Because really... What I'm realizing now is that if I am not, if God doesn't change me. I apologize. You may have, I may not have got a, a bit of a cough there. I had to cut that off. But anyways, um, if God doesn't change me, then I'm, I'm unable to change myself. And I'm unable to do the things that I, I, he needs me to do. So it's important that I yield to him and that I ask him for grace to do the things that I know he would have me do. In fact, for those things that I struggle with, just like Paul described in the book of Hebrews, when he said he besought the Lord, you know, he was having an issue in his life. And he says, three times I besought the Lord and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And even though for my strength is made perfect in weakness, when you read that account, you would think that God did not answer his prayer. That's the way I've always read that thing but what you were saying is that I have already graced you with the ability to to work to do whatever you need to do either in spite of this thing because of this thing or whatever you will this is not hindering you it's not hindering you in the way that you think my grace is sufficient for thee don't think that I have to this thing has to disappear from your life in this particular way at this particular time for you to be able to do the things that I need you to do but that whether it disappears, if it disappears, when and how, regardless of it, my purpose in your life will be fulfilled. Just leaning on my grace at every point in the time. That is the message of that passage that Paul shared. I think it was in Hebrews 13. So I'm realizing that when we read Colossians 3, actually that's what I wanted to read today. I wanted to read Colossians 3 where he talks about being risen with Christ. And the fact that we should seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God and that's the journey that i'm on it says set your affection on things that are above not on things on the earth that's what i'm beginning to find out i'm beginning to find out that this life is just a vapor and that you know there's all the things that one used to really feel so cool about and all of that it's just rubbish i mean i'm grateful for the experience that i had in the last two three years even though it was very painful honestly i won't wish it on anybody but it has made me see that Everything that we, 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 we struggle after is all vanity. Even the things that we, we rejoice in, like good health, like our, our homes, our loved ones. It's God that has given us all those things. That has created space. Let's do the devil. He will take everything. If Satan had his way, he will take oxygen from us. If Satan, If God was not still God over this earth, we won't have free oxygen we won't have water. Well, water is not free. I mean, yeah, the things that the world can actually regulate and ask you to pay for it, to tell you to pay for them. But oxygen, God has made it free for everybody, available. He will, You know? So, and that is about the one thing that we, we, we need. Thank God that people are not able to put a price on oxygen. Because actually, in medical centers, yeah, there is a price for oxygen. But at least... If you are healthy, you you, you you can actually breathe by yourself. But that but that's the world system that we are in. There's a price on water, there's a price on food, there's a price on shelter. So I for me I I I am on this journey of becoming more like him. Not because I want to get any accolades from him or anything, although that would be nice. But the motivation is because I see that he's he's good and his own way is good. Because I have now seen evil. So it's easier for me to understand that God is good. Whatever it is that God does, however he does it. The intention is good. The motivation is good. The end result is good. We may not agree with the pathway. Do you understand? We may not find it. It may not be pleasing to our flesh. It may be uncomfortable. But his end result, he did not come in... You know, he, he, his motive is not to make us suffer. His motive is not to rob us. His motive is not to steal. His motive is not to kill or to destroy. His motive is to make whole, is to make alive, is to heal, is to deliver. But when the devil comes in, his motive is three things: SKD—steal, kill, and destroy. It doesn't change. That's his motive. No matter how you know good it appears, his intent, his motive, and it doesn't take time before you eventually see. Where he's going and what he's trying to do. But with God at all times, his motive is not just, it's not in his own interest, it is in your interest, it is in my interest, it is in our collective interest. That's what I find. And sometimes he puts our own interest even above his. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a typical case is even allowing us to have free will in the first place was this really in his interest for, what, for, for For instance I wonder why he even gave the angels free will because that's what led the devil to be able to begin to think he will be like the most high which is what he said in Isaiah which is reported in Isaiah 14 but then I guess that's really who God is he's, he's interested in people worshipping him because they love him not because they have no choice he doesn't want to be served by by coercion or by compulsion he wants service, worship, love, sacrifice that is freely given, willingly, cheerfully. Any other way, no, God doesn't want that. So I am. It, it took an experience with evil for me to appreciate the goodness of God. I know that sounds really, really bizarre and very twisted, but yes, that's what happened to me. I knew God was good, but, sorry, there's a chopper fly. I knew God was good, but by the time I had the whole experience with this entire thing that happened in my life in the last two, three years, I realized how good he was because of how he held me through it how he navigated my footsteps and brought us out of it. The things that he said to those of us who were directly involved and those who were indirectly involved. How he intervened. How his mercy came and just took control. I am in awe. I wish there was a place I could go to and just go and just hug him and say thank you. I'm so grateful to him because... He honestly didn't have to do it but he did it anyway i pray that god will enable me to the opportunity to be able to share the testimony of jesus with people because i think we have missed it we've lost it all this christianity self-help the gospel of jesus is a wonderful gospel to share with anybody but I, i now realize that the strength of it is in having a personal testimony That will make sense to other people. And it cannot be a testimony about I got a job, I got a house. Well, maybe, I guess God can use that, but I think it has to be a testimony that really shows the goodness of God in the land of the living, his ability to do what nobody else can do. That's the kind of testimony he gave me in February 2022, last year. For that reason, this life, for the rest of my life on this earth, I will publicize his name. I will speak of his mercy and his glory. I am glad that he gave me the opportunity to see his goodness in the land of the living. Not after I have left this earth. Nobody can come to me now and convince me that there is no God. Nobody can come to me and convince me that Jesus is not the Lord of all lords. That in the name of Jesus, there is no power, that there is no might. Nobody can convince me. Nobody can convince me that there is no Holy Spirit. That the Spirit of God is not here, present on earth. And that I cannot receive him by the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, in the name of Jesus, I have seen the power of the Holy Ghost. Not just in my life, but in the life of one dear and close to me. I have seen what happens when the Holy Spirit speaks forth a word. When the word of God goes forth with power. And I have seen that that word does not return unto God empty. It goes forth to accomplish. And it has the power to drive out darkness. He has the ability to do what medical science cannot do. It goes beyond science. And to do things that are really modern day miracles. I am grateful to God for giving me the opportunity to have gone through this. And it is amazing because this was normal for the early church. Because they were walking in the power of God. In the word and in the power of God. But we have reduce Christianity to materialism. so what's a testimony of a job and a house and a car human beings can give those things. so and every relig- other religions too can deliver those people can go to those religious fathers and they get those things. But what about the things that the things that nobody else can do like save salvation like deliverance from the powers of darkness. Like transformation of a life, of a soul. Turning someone away from, 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 from evil to good. Changing and transforming a life in a way that nobody else, nothing else could have. Delivering from strongholds, strongholds of darkness, mental, <clears throat> I don't even know what to call it, mental shackles. That have held a mind and held a life. Instantaneously. Only God can do that. Because Satan cannot cast out Satan. So it is only the God that is higher than the evil. That can overcome that evil. That can destroy, cast out that evil. And deliver his soul from that evil. I will serve him all the days of my life. Colossians 3 talks about all what we need to do as those who are risen with Christ. He says we should not set our affection on things on the earth. We should look at things that are above and that we should put our bodies under and learn how to live a life that is given unto God. Putting away, struggling to, I mean, striving to, to put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. That, that's exactly the journey that I am on. And it's a process of renewal, familiarity, and intimacy with the Most High God. I am risen with Christ. Yet not I live, but Christ lives big on the inside inside of me. Therefore, I will seek those things which are above. That is the Word of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, the blood of Jesus. I will seek those things that are in Christ, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.